Hello, and welcome to another codependent episode of We Only <laughs> wow. Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel, previously codependent and now independent uh, co-host. Sure. <laughs> I'm a co-host sure. instead of codependent. <laughs> uh, we Only Look Thin is something that we are, and I'm Catherine Weigel, and I've lost 150 pounds. And with me today is independent and not codependent co-host... Donald Weigel. That rolls off the tongue. Hi, how much weight have you lost? I've lost a little over 100 pounds, depending on... On what day it is. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. No matter what the day is. We'll uh, take you from codependent to independent in just four easy steps. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I'll get you there in three steps. Uh, (laughs) But speaking of three steps. If you're looking at a video that is six minute abs and there's one next to it called five minute abs. Which are you going to go for? Which one are you going to go for? You're going to save that one minute and do five minute abs. are. Uh, so hi and welcome. And uh, we've got three parts of this episode. We're going to start out with a uh, tip of the week. Tow, everybody. Uh, we are then going to get to codependency. Yes. And, uh, and it has something to do with circuses. Circuses and uh, circuses and monkeys. And uh, then we're going to finish off with a product of the week. Pow! Pow! Whoa, you snuck the pow in on me before I could do it. I was going to get pow! Yeah, you're not wasting do what any I want. time. Yeah, you're you're all over the pow. I don't know. I think, uh, I think we've got a lot to say on this episode. For once. For once. I know. I don't actually think... Usually we have nothing to talk about. Well, I feel bad because I thought Donald wanted to keep the episodes short short just to get the content out and keep it like fresh and and speedy no Turns just out, because it takes me longer to edit them when it they're long takes more time <laughs> which so um, i am a very very busy person he is. and i take on all the problems of the whole world and i cannot be meant to edit long episodes of this show because it makes you want to eat we're going to talk about Taking um, on the problems. That actually was just a little dramatic uh, reading uh, that leads into what we're going to talk about on this episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about... Um, Think of it as a preview, yeah. like a dress rehearsal. We are going to talk about hero complexes Yeah, and why they lead to overeating, because everything leads to overeating if you let it. If you're me, it does. If you're me. <laughs> uh, but first, we're going to start out with a tip of the week. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. Tow, and everybody. Tow. But this tip of the week is actually going out to Heather. Heather. Hello, hi. Heather. Hi. Uh, we received this tip of the week from our Walt Chum, Super Chum, if you will. Super Chum. Heather. Speaking of hero complexes. Yeah. So she uh, thinks she's a super chum. She has a super chum. Oh, yeah, she has a super chum. such a jerk? I don't know. Heather's awesome. She reached out to us, told us we were Hero complex, and we're trying to not have those. Heather, you're awesome. I I forgive Donald (laughs) for everything he just said. Um, So, uh, Heather came up with a tip of the week kind of by surprise. She stumbled over it. Yeah. And uh, we're going to share it here with you. But it's about dealing with the scale. So, here we go. Heather says, I want to share something that my digital scale just did. It showed my weight in kilograms. What is that? Nobody even knows. No, uh, I'm not familiar with your kilogram. <laughs> is that what you call it? <laughs> anyway, as a proper American, I know the conversion between uh, pounds and kilograms, but I can't do it quickly in my head. What's the point, you may ask? A- ask what the point is. Don't what is the point? I'm going to tell you what the point is. Oh, Heather's thank gonna you. going to tell us. I can't wait. So, it might be great to switch your scale to kilograms instead of pounds if you're feeling sensitive about what the scale is telling you in pounds. Yeah. To paraphrase. So, for example, if you are obsessed about the number on the scale, I know I am. Like, every single, like, oh, 0.2, 0.3 feels like a personal attack. No, I know. I have, like, a perfect number in my head that I want the scale to say. And if I'm, like, a little bit over, I, like, you know, I only feel as good as my last weigh-in, still sadly after all these years. Right. So this tip is a uh, more uh, pound-based uh, tip. So sorry for you people who are already using kilograms. Yeah. But if you are uh, using pounds and it you are sensitive and triggered by it, why don't you switch it over to kilograms for a little while? Yeah, I don't know what kilograms. Literally, mean. no one on on the planet knows what a kilogram means. If someone says they're ninety eight kilograms, I don't know anything about that. I only know kilos as it relates to eighties, like you know, cocaine shipments in shows. <laughs> 
<laughs> we confiscated 42 kilos. I don't know. It's I'm always like, in I kilos for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So um, so if you need a break a from- prime China white, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> wow. A little bit too much Miami Vice. Little more Captain Kangaroo is where I'm coming from. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, uh, but switch it over to kilos. What could it hurt? It might, it might boost your- If you see that you are 72 kilos, you'd be like, that's amazing and wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might be. So- uh, uh, so yeah, so give it a try. Heather tried it. She thought it was fun and uh, interesting. I thought it was fun and interesting. And maybe you will too. Maybe so, you will too. I know I do. I have no idea. I, I know what grams are for weighing food, but kilograms, that's not the language I speak. So switch the scale over. And that is the tip of the week from Super Chum, Heather. Tow, Tow Heather. Heather. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to Heather and to Donald and to all of our fine listeners. Please forgive Donald for whatever garbage for talk he was doing earlier. I was just trying to talk her out of her hero complex. I was trying to do her that a favor. That comes in part two of oh, this part lovely two. episode. Well, you guess what? Start. It's part two right now. <laughs> He is full of the beans right now. <laughs> we want full to keep, of the beans. We want to keep our listeners, our dear and wonderful listeners. Donald doesn't or, want you listening to this podcast. Or am obviously. I full of the tea? Yeah, there's a new thing. We, we found out that kids these days are saying "spill the tea" instead of "spill the beans," it and is it's really like new information. Me off. Yeah. I am officially old because I don't care what kids say. I feel like new yeah, slang is not my jam. I don't care what's on fleek. I don't care. I don't think that's I'm probably a thing using anymore. it wrong anyway. I think that's really old now. So, um, so we're going to dive in or or swoop in, maybe because we're superheroes, into the uh, the main topic of this episode, which is confusing generosity with generosity. What? Yeah, that's actually a. Uh, what a, does that mean? That is a quote from a show called Mister Robot, uh, which. Um, there's no robots in that show, which is really annoying. <laughs> so confusing. Um, it's coming back uh, this fall in October, but that's another story. Um, so we are talking about the hero complex. We are talking about confusing your generosity, your volunteering, your, may I say, meddling in other people's business like Whoa. Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah. Um, like those meddling kids on Scooby-Doo. I know. Uh, they didn't deal with their their problems. They were too busy. They were too busy solving, solving fake ghost crimes. Crimes. At, anyway, so uh, we, I spent personally 41 years trying to solve other people's problems, making other people's problems my problem. And yeah. by in doing so, my reward, not, not a, a big trophy, my no. reward was filling my face with food. Uh, and I Doing thought- Doing a lot of revenge eating. A lot of revenge eating. I didn't think I had a choice. I inserted myself into other people's problems uh, as a way, I didn't realize it at the time, but as a way to avoid my own problems. And I used to, and still sometimes do, uh, I used to tell myself that I was just too busy to do anything about my own uh, fitness or health or weight loss issues. And I used to just, oh, I'm- I'm working too many hours at work. Um, I'm the only one who can do these things. I There's no way I can fit all of this stuff into my life. And then it turned out that I could, and I did. <laughs> it's so crazy. And I figured it out. Well, and I went to college while I was working full-time as an adult, as mm. they say. Some, some people say adult. Some people say adult in the same places where they use kilograms. Kilograms. Um, but... I was working full-time and then going to school full-time. And at the time, I'm going to say time a lot. Time, time, <laughs> time, time, time. It's, it's like saying Smurfy. See what's become of me. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I just was about to sing that song, and nobody needs to hear that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it. No, but they don't. Anyway, so I was working full-time, very busy. Then I started going to school full-time. Again, busier. I didn't think I could take anymore. Yeah. And Time expands based on what you have to do to get done. But a lot of time we spend time not focused on our own interests and focus on the interests of others. And we volunteer at work, in our community, or with people that we know. We insert ourselves into problems and take things on. And in doing so, like I said, we feel like food is our uh, payment uh, of choice 
for inserting ourselves into other people's issues. Yeah, and we also feel like we just can't do these things, that we just don't have time because we're too busy solving everybody else's problems or we just have too much to do. And, um, you know, I had to get really honest with myself and realize that I was using a lot of those things as an excuse because I didn't want to do the work. Like, I wanted to be thin, I wanted to be healthy, but I didn't actually want to do anything to make that happen. And I always had the busy card uh, as an excuse not to actually do anything. Well, and I think, too, I identify as someone who is compassionate and empathetic. I cannot speak for Donald. Um, but oh, no, no. I have no empathy for anyone. <laughs> He's a robot. Yeah. Mr. Robot. I'm the Mr. Robot and Mr. Robot that you never see. But, you know, I grew up with uh, some complicated family issues, and I tried to stay out of the way of other people's issues because it felt like other people had bigger problems than me. So I used food as a way to just sort of comfort myself. It also tasted really good. I don't know if you know that about food. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes so good. Some of my favorite food is delicious food. It is delicious that food. That may be controversial. But... Some of it's janky, but you do what you can. Yeah. But, you know, I... I tried to stay out of the way, but then I also tried to fix other people. I um, lo- my my grandmother uh, passed away about five years ago, um, and she was not I like wonderful woman, like love of my life, miss her terribly, but she was not an inherently happy person. The glass was not half full with her. Yeah, and if you you know brought over uh, Cary Grant to do uh you know to like do a dance with her you know at her prom she'd be like oh you couldn't get you know rock hudson or or, yeah yeah, like no matter what it was there was a one-upsman of like oh well that's not good enough and i spent a lot of trying time trying to make her happy and unfortunately i've found out more recently that happiness comes from within it is not something that you can give to someone else yeah you can't be responsible for other people's feelings and um it's something that a lot of people grow up with um is you know trying to make other people happy because you you want them to be happy and so you become afraid to express your own feelings. Uh, you become afraid to be your true self because you're trying to live up to the expectations that you think others have of us. And you think, you know, if I could just be the perfect mom, if I could just be the perfect spouse, if I could just be the perfect, you know, daughter that. I could make my parents happy, that I could make my husband happy, that I could make my kids happy. And um, it just doesn't work that way. Um, And I think that I used to do these things um, as a way to to avoid dealing with my own issues and my own problems. And with um, because I didn't you know, deep down, I didn't want to actually do the work to get them done. Oh, for sure. I mean, and don't you have, I mean, we have some sort of telltale signs if you might have issues with being the fixer or the having a hero complex. So Donald, why don't you, why don't you do a case of case and rattle off some awesome, your, your top 10 or whatever it is. Yeah. If you, if you answer that, you know, if this sounds like you, if you answer yes or often to these questions, you know, you may be somebody who is doing this. <laughs> this isn't a Fox, Jeff Fox, where they, you might be a <laughs> codependent fixer upper if you. You might have a hero complex. If you feel, no, I'm not going to do that. I feel as if my happiness depends on other people. I uh, I feel very personally attacked by all of this. By the way. <laughs> when he was reading this list, I was like, why are you looking at me like that? I would rather attend to others than attend to myself. Check. (laughs) I spend my time and energy helping others so much that I neglect my own wants and needs. And I start my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and Donald also does. (laughs) Uh, I tend to take on the moods of people close to me. Yes, I do. I am overly sensitive to criticism. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you say that about me? I am not overly sensitive. Um, I tend to get caught up in other people's problems. And lastly, I feel responsible for other people's feelings. 
Um, if if those if most or many or even all of those things sound like you, yeah, then yes. <laughs> you are probably taking on too much instead of dealing with your own issues. Oh, this is uh, this is some realness right now. It is really hard to uh, to be confronted with all of this information. I feel like I personally am a lot better about it now, and. Uh, but it is still something that I have to watch myself because, I mean, we've got um, our daughter. She's not the perfect student, and I take on her drama How dare you? Often. How dare no, you say like, that about my child? <laughs> I'm glad that she's your child. <laughs> <laughs> I do that, too. I'm like, my daughter instead of our daughter. But yeah. No, but it, we want um, everyone around us to be happy because that is easy. It is it is uncomfortable to be around people who are feeling sad or discomfort. Um, a fixer, I, I read this, there was actually a great article uh, on the website, The Body is Not an Apology. Uh, there was uh, an article by a woman named Mary Robinson. I really like that title too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a book too. Um, I've heard of it before, but I know enough about it to just say that and nothing else and just seem well-informed and I am not. That sounds um, good. But uh, Mary Robinson says that the fixer feels like they can prevent others from feeling pain or discomfort. And I think so much of what I used to do was it was almost like a court jester, like, hey, everybody, just uh, be distracted by me. Like, I'm the funny person getting things done. And so don't feel sad. Like, it is very hard to be comfortable in a situation where you're letting people just feel sad or disappointed or um lost. And I spent so much time trying to fix other people's problems. Like I would automatically, I think we've talked about this before, but as a fixer uh, in the Brene Brown book, say that three times fast, uh, um, the gifts of imperfection. <laughs> I don't, don't know to, what that was. But not the gifts of imperfection, in the gifts of imperfection. She talks about people sharing their shame and a, a an unhelpful response might be trying to fix the problem instead of just being a cheerleader or a source of support, being the one who's going, well, have you tried this? Have you done that? Like, what about this? Let's try that. Instead of just letting someone sit in their pain or discomfort, we try to fix. And it it, it comes from a place of honestly wanting to help others. Like, yeah. we don't want people to be down or feel bad about themselves. So we want to step in and solve the situation. But that's not what life always calls for. And it can also lead to, if you are generous and just there for someone, it's one thing. But if you're expecting some sort of big return on your investment, then that generosity is not actually generosity. It is a codependency. And we're ex if you're expecting someone else to shower you with praise because of your generous spirit, it's not, that's not being generous, actually. No, and I think it's this weird sort of catch-22 where you don't want to be perceived as being selfish, and so you do these things not because you actually want to do them out of the goodness of your heart, but because you're trying to avoid the perception of selfishness. And it also makes me feel bad when I feel selfish. And so if I feel like I'm doing something for somebody else instead of for myself, then I'm preventing myself from feeling selfish. Well, and I think helping others gives us a sense of purpose. And I think there are a few different ways that we can participate in not participating in our own lives. Either we're stressed at work, we take on volunteer opportunities in our community, yeah, or we take on people who need extra support. Like you feel like you're the only one who's going to coach the kids, you know, softball team or well, something like and that. And I definitely did that. And I had to make a distinction between what was actually helpful for our daughter and building that relationship and... I found myself quite often saying like, well, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. And if you find yourself saying that a lot, you might be a dead fox. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but if you find yourself resentfully doing things because you're the only one, that is a that is a boundary issue. And that is something that you might want to address, especially 
And this is where it all ties in. If you find yourself saying that you don't have time to meal prep, you don't have time to track calories, yeah. you don't have time to walk for five minutes. If if all of that is getting in the way of your own self-care, that is a problem because no one is going to lay a red carpet and clear the path for you to have perfect weight loss. Yeah, and and a lot of times, you know, people, we think that we've got to jump in and actually fix a problem. Like I at, I still do it sometimes at work. We were talking about AAA and um, they're not a sponsor of the show, but I am somebody who has had a, you know, auto club AAA membership since I, you know, the moment I got a driver's license basically. And we were talking about it at work and I work with three people who are in their 20s and two of the three of them did not have AAA memberships and they crazy you know, town. none of them make very much money they're because they're too busy they're spilling tea yeah they're too busy <laughs> spilling tea instead of beans i like my beans spilt not my tea um and you know my instinct was to buy the two of them a year long oh my gosh. like I AAA membership. Seriously, have almost done that a couple of times. And like you know, they have they have janky cars because they're young and have no money. And um, I just like I just wanted to suddenly be the you know parental figure and swoop in and save the day. And I had to like step back and be like, look, they have parents of their own who could buy them AAA memberships probably, and. You know, eventually they'll figure out that not having one is is a bad idea. And, you know, I have to learn still sometimes that, you know, I can't swoop in and save things, but letting people make their own mistakes is important. Well, and there, um, one of the quotes that I found in the Body is Not an Apology article was that when you try to fix everything for other for for others you deny them the opportunity to learn and grow oh, and yeah. this is a huge issue and as a as a parent um, I know there there's a lot of talk about helicopter parents or tiger moms or grizzly bears or whatever they are lawnmower parents yeah no I was just about to say that so oh, sorry um but there is a term lawnmower parents and <laughs> I stepped all over it. You stepped all over the lawnmower. Um, but the lawnmower parent clears a path for the child so that they do not feel discomfort. I feel very personally attacked by what I just said. <laughs> I <laughs> Can you you personally attack your personal self? No, but like you want this yellow brick road uh, of perfection for your kid. You don't want them to get, you know, to fall down. You don't want them to hurt themselves. So, and by you, I mean me. Um, I, yeah. I want our daughter to have a great experience. I don't want her to be let down. I don't want her to be disappointed. I don't want her to have to, you know, fend for herself. But in doing that, I am preventing her from learning and growing and coming up with her own grit, yeah. her own ability to solve problems. And it's easy. I mean, it's not easy to do it for a child, but it's a really hard thing to let go of. Like, I want her to learn and grow, but I also don't want her to feel discomfort. Well, and I think we do it with our adult friends and family, too. And, you know, it goes back to some somewhat to the that idea of not wanting to feel selfish or wanting to be the hero in situations. And um, I found a great quote from an author and um, psychotherapist. Her name is Ann Allen, and she wrote... Um, Dr. Ann Allen, thank you. Okay. Uh, most times, people know what they need to do. They simply need to articulate it out loud to somebody else. Like, really, they just want a shoulder to cry in, or the best thing for them is to just, you know, talk about what they need to do and not have you swoop in and fix it for them. Well, and that ties into the Brene Brown Gifts of Imperfection. There, I said it like a normal human. Um. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but... There is a lot of shame tied with secret eating, with over drinking, with overeating, and having a place to just say it and be vulnerable and not be judged or fixed yeah. is a big deal. And like, I, I mean, there's something I can't remember. I, I talk to you all the time. I'm so sorry. I <laughs> Oh, I shared something about my my three-dimensional actual work job. Uh, oh, but yeah. I, I was feeling a little bit of shame about it. And just being able to say it and not, I don't need 
an opinion. I don't need to be fixed. I just need to say it out loud. It actually was good to just say it because I felt like I actually had some uh, discomfort. Yeah, no, that happens to me all the time. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of times I come home and I start venting about work with you. And by the time I'm done complaining about it, you've gotten irritated and I feel much better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I'm trying to fix it. Like you told me a problem this morning and I was like, I have a very specific solution. You're like, I wasn't looking for a solution. I just wanted to say it out loud. So I'm sorry. I think I did say it in that exact voice and cadence. He did. And for that, I apologize. But generosity is avoidance in many cases. Like the the old, and I, I honestly was trying to avoid saying this. They always say, you know, put on your own oxygen mask. I hate that I just said that. I hate it. I wish I had something else. Put on your own seatbelt before you put on yeah. put ketchup on your hamburger before you put it on somebody else's. Whatever uh, the, the antidote Focusing on yourself is really hard, and it's much easier to try to fix other people's problems than it is to fix our own. Do you have any other quotes to to read? Yeah, um, Ann Allen uh, went on to say, not taking on everyone else's problems is not about selfishness. It's about sanity and self-care. And really, I think that's the bottom line of what we're trying to get at here is that um, by trying to take on everyone else's problems, by trying to, you know, use your busyness as an excuse, you know, your own, you know, I'm too busy at work to do that, that it's really, um, it's really detrimental to your own mental health and then physical health as a result. And if you don't do something to take care of those things, eventually you won't be able to you know, help anybody at all because you'll be, you'll be too sick. You'll be too, you know, if I had just let my diabetes go unchecked, I eventually, I would have, you know, been in no position to help anybody do anything. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, that is a hundred percent me. When we first became parents, you know, I was working full time, didn't take any time off. Don was working a lot. Uh, our daughter needed some extra assistance at school. And so I was doing a lot of volunteering at school. You sure were. And I I felt like I needed to because she was a, a high maintenance student. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that, that the, is putting it the nicely. teachers and principal knew that I was involved and engaged. But it meant a lot of, you know, like... I will bake cookies for the class so that the teacher knows that I am a good mom. And if I happen to eat half of the cookie dough in doing so, (laughs) that's just, you know, that's just a casualty of war. Um, But volunteering to be on the governance council. That recipe was supposed to make four (laughs) dozen and you brought seven cookies. I don't know what happened. (laughs) It's a mystery to us all. Um, But uh, I would over-volunteer and overstress myself. And I actually believed when she she became our daughter, I actually believed that I would be so busy that I wouldn't eat. Like that was actually yeah. like, oh, well, I'll be so busy that I won't have time to eat. The Guess old what? adopt a child so you lose weight <laughs> plan. It's so simple. <laughs> Occam's razor discusses. Um, okay. So I felt very put upon and I used food as my reward for being exhausted and overwhelmed and undervalued. And that was a recipe for my own decline. And it it came. Like I, after, you know, two years of parenting, and I've told the story a thousand times. Sorry, my story's going to stay the same. I want to hear it one more time. I was eating and drinking to self-soothe because I was so stressed out and overwhelmed. And mm. I felt like I didn't have a choice. But I realized I did have a choice. And I had to pull back from over-volunteering and inserting myself into adult family problems, like making my my family's issues my issue i had to make my circle smaller and decide my health is important my job is important and my my immediate family in my four walls uh i was gonna say three walls but we we actually have four walls (laughs) we've recently been able to afford that broken the fourth wall yeah um but i had to get really serious about what was important to me and my own uh, my own health because I was eating and drinking myself into oblivion. Uh, it was really bad. And 
I thought I didn't have a choice in it. And we're actually going to, we're going to turn this episode around and, and actually give you some sort of tips to, to maybe change your circumstance if you feel like you're overstretched. And the first one, and please uh, stop me if you've heard this one before, you have to be really honest with yourself. Yeah, I thought you were going to like say, say some Morrissey thing because he actually has a song. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. I should do the Smiths thing because um, everyone wants to hear me sing. <laughs> Um, but I, I have said this many times about many things, but one of the keys to unlocking my weight loss success has been to be really honest with myself and really evaluate, you know, what my motivations are. And I, I was making myself too busy or I was lying to myself that I was too busy to do these things because I still have all of the same head. I have the same job. I have the same, I spend the same amount of time there. I have the exact same amount of free time and I still have managed to work in, you know, 15 to 20,000 steps a day and I meal prep and plan and I watch my calories and I've managed to do all of these things without, you know, any radical you know, changes in the rest of my life. So the time was always there. I just wasn't prioritizing it. He's getting it done like Chopin. Well, and I think too, uh, something I've heard, I don't remember the source because I've, I've heard it many places, but if you just think about if you are saying yes to everyone else, you are also at the same time saying no to your own self-care. So watch the yin and yang of the yes and the no. If you say yes to volunteering at school and yes to taking on the extra project and yes to watching your, you know, your sister's kids for the week and yes to taking on the book project and yes to taking yes, 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 you're saying no to getting in a five-minute walk. You're saying no to meal prepping. You're saying no to tracking your calories. So there is a balance between the two. So watch your yes and your no. Yeah. And setting boundaries is really huge. We have an entire episode about setting boundaries called Dog the Boundary Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> <laughs> that was the boobazella sound. And I will link to that in the show notes. But um, it, you really need to get better at speaking up for yourself. And this has been a hard one for me. Um, but getting used to saying the phrases, I am not comfortable with that, or it doesn't feel good to, or I am not okay with, or I would appreciate if you wouldn't, or please don't, like, actually sticking up for yourself and vocalizing what you are willing and not willing to do. Well, and I think too, we try to justify our free time. So like when I was volunteering at our daughter's school, someone would say like, oh gosh, we could really use you. And that I'm an obliger, which means I need, or I, I look for external accountability. Yeah. And I don't want to let people down like, oh, well, they're counting on me. Being able to say, I can't prioritize that right now, or it's not a priority for me. I felt I always felt like I had to explain why I couldn't do something. Like yeah. I would lie my way, like, oh well, I, you know, I'm I'm donating a kidney next week, and I can't. You come up with this complicated. Well, reason. I think we even do it when people invite us to an event we don't want to go to. Oh, yeah. Like we feel like we have to have like, a, oh no, my you know my family's in town, and so I like can't you know whatever, or oh I have this other previous engagement, you know, rather than just being like, I am not going to do that. Yeah, just say, no, it's it's not going to work in my schedule. Yeah. Saying immediately, and this was sort of another side one, instead of immediately saying yes to things, say, I'll need to look at my calendar. So if you are given a situation where someone wants you to take something on, don't immediately say yes. If you're, af if you're afraid of that immediate, like, well, they're counting on me, step back, give yourself a day to think about it. And you don't even have to have anything on your calendar. And you don't need to tell people why you can't do things. Like, you don't owe anyone an explanation. You know, and I almost forgot, uh, we had mentioned this having something to do with, uh, with circuses and monkeys. And there was an old Polish proverb that you were mentioning yes. to me this morning, which I'm not sure actually is I don't know uh, if it's an old Polish, Polish or old or, or a, a proverb, proverb but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the not my circus not my monkeys like 
I insert myself into other people's issues. We, this morning, were on our walk, and there were two guys with a very, very flat tire. I don't know how someone could have a very flat tire, but it was dead. (laughs) Yeah, like like the rim was on the ground. It was, like, you've never seen a flatter tire. It was an (laughs) ex-parrot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It has gone to the- Monty Python reference for those who might not know. Um, But- for a second, I got this, like, you know, here, like, what I can lift the car, obviously. Like, I actually thought yeah. that. And these were two grown men with phones, like, a literally, like, 50 feet from a gas station. From a gas station. Yeah. And I was like, what can I do? How can we fix this? Like, I'm a do-gooder. I want to. And the truth was, there was nothing for me to fix. Yeah. It's like, keep walking. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Exactly. And. That is a really big distinction. When you find yourself inserting yourself into problems that no one has anyone. So here's the here's the thing. Have you been asked to help or are you inserting yourself into other people's issues? I'm asking. Uh, inserting myself. Inserting myself. I, I tend to do that. <laughs> um, I didn't realize there was if, a quiz happening. I don't know. I don't know why I pointed at you. Uh, but also get comfortable with things being uncomfortable. Yeah. You don't have to solve every problem. People, you, tr- I, the, the old Polish saying, when you're at a circus, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The, many, many Polish <laughs> sayings involve I'm, circuses I am, and or monkeys. I am Polish. Uh, my last name ended with SKI for many years, so I can say what I would like about yes. pierogies and monkeys. Um, Both are delicious. <laughs> That's how we keep our youthful glow. (laughs) (laughs) The Um, secret to weight loss, monkey. uh, Anyway, I barely remember what I was going to say. I really was trying to remember my quote just then. But um, you teach people how to treat you. People will come to you looking for solutions or help outs or I know I can count on you. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable with other people maybe not being super pleased with you like you might feel someone might go gosh we were really counting on you like and be like well you know what i can't do that right now and be okay with it and remember that you know if you get pulled in too many directions if you get um you know torn into too many pieces you're not going to be good for anybody like you and your headspace, um, to use a new agey term, are a limited resource. You know, you're not infinite and you don't have, there isn't an infinite amount of you or your thinking, your thoughts, your brain to go around. And if you keep filling up your head with other people's problems or you keep filling up your time with other people's problems, um, you're eventually not going to be good to anybody because, you know, it's going to impact your mental health negatively and it's going to impact your physical health negatively. And you, if you're somebody who wants to help people, one of the best things you can do is make sure that you are physically and mentally able to do that. And one of the things that I had never realized before was how how angry I just was at the world, you know, when I was a hundred pounds heavier and how I just walked around thinking everything was unfair. And, you know, really I was doing it to myself and realizing that and being able to get my weight under control, get my diabetes under control. I'm now much better able to help other people because that is not such a big focus in my life. Yeah. Um, so watch out for that martyrdom. Watch out for that. You know, if you find yourself saying, after all I've done for you, this is the thanks I get. If you find yourself in a position where you're resentful of yeah. your generosity and you turn to food, like maybe we should have said that at the beginning, but all of this leads to poor food choices. Yeah. And, and, and eating. revenge eating because, revenge you know, eating. you're not getting what you want and, you know, nobody is paying attention to your needs. Like eventually there's a tipping point at which you give and give and give. And then, you know, there's something called obliger rebellion that Gretchen Rubin talks about where you're you're trying to make others happy and others happy and then you just explode and yeah. you can't do it anymore and it all comes to a head and for me that would oftentimes lead to just binge eating or you know excuses for binge eating and punishing myself. Yeah, I uh 
I used to not tell people how I felt. I was very passive aggressive and you know, like, oh, no, I'm fine, fine. Like, meh, 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 yeah, meh. yeah. And uh, I, I have uh, a few brothers, but one of them I was let down by a few times and I didn't say anything and I didn't say anything. And then this is where the obliger rebellion came in. Um, I finally told him like, you know, for the last year I've been blah, 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 and you never blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me and he was like, why have you been mad for a year and didn't tell me like you have been carrying this around for a year like you're a jerk like yeah. why what good does it do me if you don't tell me what your actual needs are and i felt very personally attacked by his accurate uh, assessment of the situation so set boundaries tell people what you need tell people it is too much for you and remember that you have goals and hopes and dreams and those are important and you know fulfilling your own goals and hopes and dreams is meaningful and you know it doesn't make you a selfish bad person to pursue your own things and it can lead to making other people's lives better. If if you're happier and feel more self-fulfilled, then it's easier for you to help other people feel the same way. Well, and that ties into this very podcast, because I, four years ago, was resentful and angry and put upon and drinking too much and eating too much and felt like the, you know, the glass was not only half empty, I, you know, tipped it over. Yeah. There is no glass. And spilled your tea. And spilled my tea. And um, your beans, because you were drinking beans for <laughs> no, some reason. Really, but it, four years ago, I was n not the mother that I am now. Yeah. I am not the friend that I, that I am now. Yeah. And I couldn't have hosted a podcast on anything other than like how to be a fun martyr who, maybe. yeah, like a smacking <laughs> martyr. Welcome to the self pity podcast. Well, but I thought it was just a circumstance. I didn't think it was a choice, and it was a choice, and it was really hard to look, you know, to look myself in the cold uh, reflection and see that I was doing it to myself. Yeah. Um, another thing that you can do, which I think is very important, getting back to being a lawnmower parent. Let other people fail. Yeah. Let other people fall on their faces. Let other people make bad decisions. Don't try to fix everything for everyone. Let them feel their feelings and learn and grow. Because that is actually how we learn and grow is by doing some failing. We yeah. Did, we did a failing episode. An unfortunate part of life is that you it is sometimes it's just impossible to learn a hard lesson if you don't you know, fail For at sure. something one time. Like you can tell a kid all you want. Don't touch the burner on the stove because it's hot. Don't touch it because it's hot. But they'll really learn that lesson <laughs> if they touch the burner or the pot on the stove and get burnt. And it stinks and you don't want your kid to get burnt. But if they do it once, they will never do it again. And I'm not suggesting you like let your kids burn themselves <laughs> on stoves. But, you know, the equivalent of of that in the real world, you know, there there are things that work mistakes that I've made over the years that I really had to learn the hard way so that I would never, ever, ever let that same thing happen again. Well, and if you keep um, bailing people out financially with your emotions with your time, they become dependent on you. Yeah. And then you become dependent on them becoming dependent on you. Like that's where you get your value. Yeah. And it is such a dangerous cycle to tie your own emotions up in your feelings of self-worth of being a superhero. Now, I am still a generous person. I still want to help people out, but I have much better boundaries now about how much emotional investment I will get out of, you know, Donald being angry about fantasy football. Like, <laughs> not my circus, not my monkey. Well, he <laughs> I have never gotten very upset about fantasy football. No, but it's, Please don't listen to the episode of this show where I was but, distraught over fantasy football. But to to take on other people's emotions does not lessen their emotions just because you're filling yourself with anxiety and maybe Lorna Dune snack cookie. <laughs> it does nothing to take away the actual problem. Like, yeah. what didn't I say something the other day about like emotional eating and, you know, using food to deal with upset? This is where maybe I'll finish it off. And I was like, what if your boss like called you into his office 
and put snacks on the table yeah, yeah. and was like, all right, I know this is going to make you emotionally eat. So I brought some snacks for you. Yeah, I brought some cookies for brought you. So I want you to start eating the cookies so you feel better. And then I'm going to give you the bad right, news. I need to talk to you about something, but I pre-ordered you some Uber Eats because yeah. you're going to want some snacks after I tell you what I'm about to tell you. Like, that would be horrifying and yeah. miserable. So, so don't do it. But... Get over being a martyr. Get over using busyness and volunteering as an excuse to not practice self-care. I am much more capable today of helping others. I am literally stronger. I am more fit. I have more energy. I have more of a growth mindset, and all of that is greater value than the me of four years ago who was bitter and angry and tired and weak, like literally tired and weak. I never thought at 45 that I would be as strong as I am today. You're pretty much an actual superhero now instead of just having a hero <laughs> complex. No, but even like in the weight loss world, I have to, I mean, we, we get emails from people and I can't fix everyone's problems in Bolt Place. Like, I want to give a safe space for people to, you know, be honest with what their needs are, because I still need that too. But I want to level up. Like, this is time to grow. I want the best days to be ahead of us, not behind us. So this is about taking control of your life, being an advocate for yourself, not feeling like a victim or even a passenger or a second-hand player in other people's lives. Like you're not you're you know, you're not like a background actor. Like you are the lead. Yeah. You are the driver. And like it feels so much better to be a champion of my life instead of the victim of like, well, my family's messed up, but what am I to do? Like, oh, guess what? I'm a grown-up and I'm going to be independent and focus on myself. And it feels so much better to do that. So, that is my story. And that is our episode. And uh, that is about circuses and lion tamers and monkeys. And those are our products of the week. Um, Pow! Pow, everybody. Uh, It is actually time for our real product of the week. Pow! Pow! (laughs) Product of the week, everyone. Product of the week to you. And this week's product of the week is a (gasps) yoga mat. Oh, that's nice. And you might be saying to yourself, well, I don't do yoga. Why would I want a yoga mat? It's so comfortable, Uh, especially now that I am considerably more bony than uh, I was. I... uh Everything hurts all the time. <laughs> so she just sits on a yoga mat all the time. Mat. No, I do home workouts. I actually bought a yoga mat a very long time ago when I did actual yoga. Didn't think I needed a yoga mat for home, but it is great for doing home stretching while watching the television. Yeah, it is I haven't great for- gone to an actual gym in something like five years. Um, and uh, all of the exercise that I do, it's either walking, rebounding, or the strength training that I do are all things that I've learned from watching videos um, and looking at blogs online. And it is so much more comfortable to do these exercises with a yoga mat, uh, whether it's push-ups or planks or or whatever. Just doing them on a carpet or a bare floor um, can can really hurt elbows and knees, and and um, having the yoga mat is really helpful, and it makes the exercises a little more appealing, and so that I keep doing them. Well, and you know what else it is? What? So James Clear would say it is a visual reminder of your goals. Oh, so yeah. I keep. I hadn't even thought of that. I keep the yoga mats uh, near the front door generally, and so it's always just a reminder of like, oh, that means fitness. Yeah. Like, and just looking at my carpet. That looks like sitting yes. and not doing and anything. Crumbs. <laughs> Many crumbs. Many crumbs. <laughs> um, but having the yoga mat, it is a visual reminder of my my intent. And uh, it also is very comfortable because I've got arthritis in my hip. That's right, everybody. I'm 45. So, uh, so I have yoga mats. I've got two of them and I love them. I also have... Uh, uh, yoga blocks, which help you with stretching if you can't reach your toes. Wait, uh, that's another product. Pow! Save it for another episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't tell you that it also comes with a stretching strap then. But maybe oh. we can put that. Actually, we can put that on uh, the, the show link. Yeah. It really helps. Uh, so, so yeah, get a yoga mat. Get a yoga mat if you're like us doing uh, exercises at home. And that is your product of the week. Pow!
Pow! And that is your episode of We Only Look Thin. Walt! Um, and speaking of Walt, W-O-L-T stands for We Only Look Thin. Um, if you like our particular brand of shenanigans and you're looking for um, an uh, online support group uh, that is full of other people who enjoy our brand of shenanigans, um, why not check out Walt Place? Um you can go to our website, weonlylookthin.com, and there's a link towards the top that says join our support group. And uh, you can find lots of information there, uh, including pricing and uh, some info on what you might get out of it. And um, uh, it is for women only. The ladies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, uh, just to be very clear, it is not a weight loss plan. It is not a guided daily, uh, this is how you no, make No, it's your not like better. a four-step program that's going to solve all of your problems. It's they a place- want a three-step program. Yeah. No, it's a place to be honest and vulnerable and accountable. And uh, we're actually doing a 90-day habit challenge right now. Yeah, uh, to- it's exciting. And there's like a whole packet of PDFs. There's that, PDFs. Uh, beautiful PDFs. PDFs left. PDFs right. Catherine made. Big PDFs. If, if you like Small PDFs, PDFs, this is the place for you. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, join us over at Walt Place. Um, if you do not want to join us over at Walt Place, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah. Why not? Give a little or back. Apple Podcasts, as oh, they're calling sorry. it now. Yeah. Um, uh, but a five star uh, rating and review, uh, for whatever reason, Apple Podcasts is the uh, king of the podcast world and uh rating and reviewing our show there really helps us out well and you Uh, know what else it does it helps my ego we get reviews and i'm like wow we're making a difference so with nothing else even if it doesn't have to do with algorithms it makes me and donald feel good it sure does you want to make us feel nice don't you yeah (laughs) um and if you want some things to make you feel nice you can check us out on instagram at we only look thin you can find things to me this is getting weird uh you can find us on instagram at we only look thin and twitter and facebook at we only look thin the socials the socials as the kids say as they're spilling their tea (laughs) instead of beans i think i've officially said it now more than our daughter ever has even thought about it but yeah i, don't I know. feel it's, hip to the jive it's so. really throwing me off hip to the jive that's right everyone <laughs> um and uh if you'd like to contact us you can do it at our website we only look thin.com or you can send us an email uh to we only look thin at gmail.com indeed so if you're still not sure whether or not you should put the oxygen mask on yourself or the monkey first <laughs> just remember that donald and i the are monkey. An inspiration. Asian, Asian, Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.